We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Grinders today. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender Ed, Blender HD. You want to follow me on Twitter. And it's Monday, February 12th. And you know what we do on Mondays? It's Mondays with McCool. I bring on James McCool, the co author with me on the theory of daily fantasy sports. It's a 15 hour audio DFS masterclass you can pick up at theoryofdfs.com. Hit that thumbs up button on your way in the door. Hit the thummy thumbs, hit the likey likes, hit the subscribe button if you're new here. Hit the notification bell to always know when we go live. James, you told me a minute before we started, you didn't even watch the Super Bowl yesterday. No. We were going to review it. I have results DB here. I'm, I'm going to talk about SimLab stuff. And you just like, you're, okay, it's okay. an island game. You just, you assume that the game is going to suck because how does anyone watch actual any NFL game with commercials and everything live red zone's fine, but you, you try, you treated it like that, like, like, like a, any Sunday showdown slate of like game's probably going to suck. Not going to watch. No, I mean, I thought it was going to be a good game. I thought, okay. So first off, first off, you're like, Oh, we were going to review the slate. We were going to acting as if I watched any of the sports <laughs> review. You don't have to watch sports to play DFS. Um, I watch sports very sparsely. Usually I do watch the Super Bowl. Um, yesterday, I don't know, man. Maybe I just have a little bit of uh, of Patrick Mahomes attrition. And um, I, don't, I don't know. I just did. It, it was a, a good game on paper. I thought that San Francisco probably should have won. Uh, but you never bet against Patrick Mahomes. And that proves out true again. So um, I don't know. What did you do? Know. What were you doing? What were you doing that whole time? 
<laughs> what are you doing? funny. I thought to myself, hey, the Super Bowl has started. I'm going to go to Walmart and get grapes. <laughs> I just went to Walmart. I went to Walmart and I got grapes and I got um, some some uh, bell peppers. Uh, and I got, ooh, 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 here, here is something that I did. So I'm kind of a, a frozen pizza connoisseur, right? I think that um, it, like most freezer pizzas suck, okay? Uh, that, and that's not like uh, not like surprise to anyone. But you can find some pretty decent freezer pizzas out there. And currently, there is a freezer pizza out there. I think it's DiGiorno. I'm pretty sure it's DiGiorno. But it's a croissant crust. Mm-hmm. It's like a flaky. Have you had it? Yes. I, but you're yeah. talking. Talk, yeah. Remember, it, it, I'm in Louisville now. So, like, it's hard to get actually good pizza. So, when we do have pizza, it's going to be whatever the hell. And yeah, I, I would I would rate from the freezer pizza brands. DiGiorno is number one. Oh yeah. Uh, I I, per, I prefer the 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 rising crust. Fair, fair. Okay. Uh, DiGiorno, but we've had the croissant one, and my my oh, wife gets the my wife likes the single the single the smaller Totino's mm-hmm. pizzas. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big fan of those, but I mean that's what she likes. I don't know what where that is on your list of uh as as a freezer pizza connoisseur i mean totino's as a pizza sucks but if you eat totino's as totino's it's fine like it's it's kind of like you can't really treat there's certain things you can't really treat as what they are supposed to be you just think about them as like a separate entity on the on the food pantheon of things and totino's party pizzas while they suck if you try to eat them as a pizza, they're totally fine if you're just eating them as a Totino's party pizza, and and that's fine. It's kind of like Hot Pockets, right? Like, you don't eat Hot Pockets because you're wanting to have, like, a nice, scrumptious pastry, but, like, you eat Hot Pockets because you just want to have a Hot Pocket, and as long as you treat it like a Hot Pocket, it's fine. So that's right, kind of like I, I, like, I like Campbell's Chunky Soups, and yeah. I know that it's not the best soup, but for what it is, there are some flavors that are good. Right. Yeah, that's exactly right. I think that too many people, you can you can apply this to a whole bunch of different things, right? Like as long as you just view it in the scope of that thing, it's fine. Just don't try to fool yourself into thinking that it's something else. You can do that with a lot of uh, uh, movies. That's a big thing with movies too, right? Like when it comes to prequels and sequels and stuff, if you just view it as that, and not and try not to compare it to something else, like a live action remake. If you just view it as that, it's probably fine. But as soon as you try to compare it to something else, it's just like, well, you missed the whole point. Just just sit down and enjoy something, you know? It's like the NFL. Nerdy Tender says, as an entertainment product, it sucks. But as as, as NFL, as football, it's... I mean, we're going to have the UFL coming up soon, the Spring League, and that's going to be oh, awful. It'll suck so, so bad. That, the NFL is great when it comes to yeah. football. But I mean, there's probably plenty of other forms of entertainment that are way better than football. Although the second half of the game was uh, was pretty entertaining. I I preferred if the second half played out like the first half. Mm-hmm. Uh, in showdown, uh, I played 40 lineups. I used uh, here our sim labs. Yep. I said I said on I said on Twitter, I'm building 40 lineups in 40 seconds. So I built 40 okay. lineups in 40 seconds, and I was doing pretty well. And I mean, I, I adjusted uh, some some advanced settings here. Uh, I mean, I was doing well, but what I was doing props wise over time, uh, 
I mean, didn't kill me, but I had a lot of Brock Purdy under passing yards in like five out of five, six out of sixes. Yeah. Like in like prize picks, underdog, that type, you know, but SGPs, right? I like under IU receiving yards, under uh, Debo Samuel rushing yards, under Brock Purdy, under one, 249 and a half. And of course, overtime got him to 255. So yeah. that busted a lot of things. But overall, I mean, most of most, I mean, I hit 80% of my props. It's just that, you know, and in those, because you get Super Bowl week, James, the books like throw bonus stuff at you and boost oh, stuff, yeah. but it's never for, for single, for single stuff. It's always like, oh, we'll boost your SGP for $50, uh, 50, 50%. Yeah. You know, minimum odds, you know, you know, plus 400 or something like that, you know. So I'm putting a lot of those together and I needed, yeah. I was like one off on, on so many of them that I ended up kind of breaking even on the, even though I hit 80% of the other props, just that I like missed on all those SGPs off by what were she writes over six and a half receptions. Like yeah. you got six. And it's like yeah. right there, right there. And then I also, uh, James, I also uh, was able to put together uh a 0.2% spread wow between uh chief uh chiefs plus 3 yeah and 49ers money line wow got a little so, hard there well it's not well, I mean it's not it's a middle and I'm sure. paying 0.2% for the middle so like I I think I I think I lost like 7 bucks on that right sure. on the chief side cuz I had to pay a little extra to get the plus 3 yeah, because I got it at the height at the height of where you know the books wanted Chiefs money. So, uh, so yeah, so I was rooting for the 49ers to win by one or two, so I could win both bets. So that kind of was a wash. So that kind of was what I was rooting for uh, during the Super Bowl, and uh, in Sim Labs, since obviously we we have a a course right yeah. theory of DFS, we could put it on the screen, right. Uh, we talk about macro strategies, right? Here's Sim Labs. Here's, you know, obviously Theory of DFS. We have a product here, Sim Labs. Now it's available for NBA. It's now available for PGA also. And I'm assuming MLB will be, we'll have that, you know, in seven weeks or so. Uh, people get what these like advanced settings are. And they, it's not like lineup HQ. When dealing right. with Sims, right? So I wanted to like, especially for showdown slates, and especially for NFL, for a sport like NFL, NBA, there's not that much correlation. So like, it, it's a little bit difficult. But understanding the macro of what types of lineups are you building. Mm -hmm. So for instance, yesterday for the Super Bowl, there are outcomes where it's a high-scoring game. There's outcomes where it's a low-scoring game. There are outcomes where one team blows out the other team. There are out they all have a probability attached to it. And depending on those outcomes, the obviously the types of lineups that will be optimal or win showdown contests will look differently. Mm -hmm. But a lineup that is like, oh, 49ers blow out the Chiefs may have the same expected value as a lineup that the Chiefs blow out the 49ers. Mm -hmm. Right. They happen a small percentage of the time, but compared to their ownership, 
They happen more often than what they'll be owned, and they end up becoming profitable. So thinking from a macro perspective of not like you're not trying to predict what is going to happen, right? The more useful thing is to predict how the field is going to react. Right. So my attitude yesterday was that the field is building as if this is a high scoring game. Yes. So I built lineups that were for more lower scoring games. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because high scoring games, I mean, McCaffrey, Mahomes, Purdy, Rice, Kelsey, Debo, Ayu, Kittle. I mean, a lot, a lot. And then obviously the, the, there's some cheapy guys down there. Uh, but like I said, I, I did 40 lineups in 40 seconds in, in sim labs. Yeah. And you're like, well, well, how do, how do you, how do you build? You look at this and you go, I, there's no option for me to put in a score to go like, build me lineups as if it's a 17 to three game. Like there's, there's no way of doing that. That's in, obviously these simulated lineups have those outcomes in there. Sure. Right. From a general note, any lineup that you get out of sim out of sim labs is going to be a competitive line. Mm-hmm. So there's no did like, well, I did these settings and got these 40 lineups. And I did these settings and got those 40 lines that the, my 40 versus your 40 is probably just as good as one another. Mm-hmm. Mine may rely more heavily on different types of outcomes and yours may rely on other types of outcomes. And if you want to condense the types of lineups and the types of outcomes, this is what the advanced settings can do for you. So people look at this like it's lineup HQ, right, James? You see, and in simulation tools, people try to use it like an optimizer, right? And it's and it's not. It's yeah. not. It's not. It's it's not. It's not a. Here's the projection and build me lineups with these constraints and these groups and everything like that. Like it's not that. It's it's meant to handle all of that already for you. I consider simulation tools to be kind of like doing the work of is this lineup too leveraged? Is this lineup under leveraged? That type of stuff that it kind of does it for you, assuming that the inputs that are in there are, are accurate, right? If you, if you had a, if you had a Marquez Valdez Scantling at uh, you know, we had him at 13% projected owned. He came in at 20. Yeah. That's going to, obviously that's going to, that's going to affect some stuff, right? I mean, I mean, this type, these types of things. So, we talk about the three levers, right, James? Projection, correlation, and leverage. What, what is the difference? What, what is the difference? I, I don't know how to phrase this question. In the NFL, if it's a high-scoring game versus a low-score game, let's take the extreme examples. A 54 to 48 game versus a seven to six game. Yeah. Pat? What do the what do optimal lineups optimal meaning that the best possible lineup mm-hmm. that could be made with the most amount of points, which is kind of in showdown what we're aiming for? What are they what what are the differences in the projection, correlation, and leverage aspects in both of those scenarios compared to one another? Well, when it's a low scoring game, correlation matters a lot less. Um, that's kind of like the first thing that I think of when you're talking about these kind of edge outcomes is um, 
a lot of the time when we're looking at correlation, what we're trying to do is we're trying to maximize the amount of fantasy points that are shared within players. If there's a lot of fantasy points to go around, correlation matters a lot more because it means it's likely to be centralized around guys who have correlation together, right? Um, in NFL, that gets a little bit muddied. In MLB, which is coming up, then that's that's kind of like the more pure version of this, right? Where um, when a team only scores one or two runs, fantasy points are not likely to be correlated well together, or the correlation matters less. There's likely to be one or two guys score a bunch of points, whether it's a home run or something like that, and then a whole bunch of guys don't score very much at all. Whereas if a team scores 10 runs, then very likely the correlation between the players matters a lot more because people running guys in, RBIs matter, home runs, all that kind of stuff. So um, correlation. And, that, and that's represented by a, co- a guy coefficient. So like right. we when we when we say that correlation, we're like, okay, these two players, this all the players on a baseball team or, or players on an NFL, the quarterback and wide receiver have a correlation coefficient of 0.42, right? NBA, they may have a correlation of 0.06, which right. is way lower, right? League of Legends, 0.94, right? Very, very high, right? So the more that one person scores, the more that it's related to other people's scores, right? Because the correlation, co- the, the less someone scores, the, the less other people score. Right. So in higher scoring games, optimal lineups are more likely to be correlated, to look right. more, to, to have players that, perform well together yeah i would say i I, I would i I would quickly just say that i would phrase it i wouldn't say that higher scoring games uh lineups are likely to be more correlated i would say that higher scoring games correlation is more likely to matter um i i just i wanted to like clarify that because that is kind of an interesting distinction between what correlation is and what it does for lineups. right and then when it comes to projection Right. Projection we're considering as a mean. Right. right. So in higher scoring games, projection matters from a general standpoint. Projection, whether it be mean or ceiling or whatever you want to call it, will matter more than in lower scoring games. Why? Because the outcomes are much more condensed. So think of a in a in a in a 54 you know, 45 game, like Christian McCaffrey could have like 48 points, right? Yeah. And Patrick Mahomes could have four, I mean, throws for four or five touchdowns, stuff like that. It's very, it's going to be very hard for Clyde Edwards Hilaire with five carries. Even right. if he scores a touchdown on one of those carries to score enough points to make the optimal lineup when so many points are being scored by all these players that 10 points ain't enough even for right. even for his price right Jarek McKinnon getting getting 6 points ain't enough right there's just so there's so many points being scored in lower scoring games the the points are much more condensed right the highest scoring play on a, in a 7 to 6 game it's like dude like in this game like yesterday it's like it's quite possible Christian McCaffrey's 18 points is the highest raw point score on the slate and Whoever scored that weird touchdown, you know, like Charlie Warner scores a touchdown. Well, he's, he he may still be the the eighth highest scoring player on the slate. I mean, like like it the pricing, the salaries, and the pricing don't matter as much, and the mean projection doesn't matter as much because 
the guy that scores three points versus the guy that scores 12 points are much more closer to each other as opposed to in a high scoring game where, well, the, your field goal kicker has, uh, you know, two extra, uh, has uh, five extra points and a field goal. It's like, dude, they're not even close to the optimal lineup because like, you're not, you're not going to be able to get in for even, even at three K, you're not going to get in for eight points because you no, know, there's, there's, there's 11 people with double digit scores and six people with over 20, like it's, it's not going to matter. So from a projection standpoint in a higher scoring game, projection matters more lower scoring game projection matters less. And then from a leverage perspective, higher scoring game, leverage matters least less, right? If you want to count that as, I don't want to say it doesn't matter, but raw points matter that like it doesn't matter how much leverage you got from a non-Christian McCaffrey lineup in a high scoring game where he scores three touchdowns and he's 99% owned. Like, well, I faded him because he's too he's over owned. It's like, yeah, but he scored he scored he scored 46 points. Like it does it doesn't it doesn't matter, right? In a high scoring game, especially. In a low scoring game, leverage matters a lot more because there are a lot more. There's a lot more opportunities for people that score less points than those people to matter more. Mm-hmm. So those three things combined. Yep. So James, let me ask you in sim labs. Yeah. We have these simulation weights and yes. all this does is how to is tell sim labs how to calculate the sim lab score. Sure. Right. So like if you were to, for instance, in theory, if I would have, if I bring down everything, right? If I bring down everything to zero, everything to zero, everything to zero, and put projection weight to 100. Yes. In theory, and I want one lineup. In theory, the lineup that I get should be the basically the same lineup that if I press the optimize button in lineup HQ. It's going to be the highest median mean projected lineup. At the very least, it will give you the local maxima. Maybe not the global right. maxima, but the local maxima. Right. But basically what I'm telling what I'm telling the sim labs is, is that I want you to rate my lineups. Right. It already has all the lineups in there. It's already been simulated out. But I want you to display the lineups with a sim lab rating of mm-hmm. out of a hundred, where a hundred percent of the hundred is projection. So basically it's it's basically saying that I don't I don't care about any of the simulations. I don't care about the 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 optimal rates ownership. I don't care about the ceiling. I don't care about the correlation. Just if a lineup if a lineup is extremely correlated, has a lot of ceiling and and a lot of optimal players, but it's like twenty points lower projected. Like it's not it, it, the sim lab rating is going to be very low. Yeah. Even though the lineup has a great shot at you know possibly winning first place, you're just saying that based on the weights of these numbers. I want to I want it to be the highest projected line. So that's essentially what these things are. So simulation weight is the simulations. Like we've run we've run the game out a hundred thousand times. Well, all different types of outcomes that happen because of that. How much do you want to weigh just those game outcomes? Right. Right. And get lineups that match those game outcomes. Projection is what we talked about. The mean projection. How much do you want to weight? In the Simlabs rating of the projection. Ownership, people get wrong. They 
oh, I want high on lineups. It's not high on lineups. It, ownership means this optimal rate. So we've already run all the simulations, and Christian McCaffrey in the flex is optimal 45% of the time. Patrick Mahomes, optimal 43% of the time, right? You go down, Justin Watson, optimal 12.9% of the time. When you're doing this ownership weight, you're doing how much weight do you want to put on having more of the players that are more likely to be optimal? Right. Now, typically they end up being the more owned players, but I mean, it's not necessarily, but it's basically saying like, if you ratcheted up the ownership weight, you're going to get a lot, you're going to get tons of, you're going to get mostly Christian McCaffrey lineups. And you may not get any lineups that don't even have Christian McCaffrey in it. You may get a lot of lineups that have McCaffrey and Mahomes because you're prioritizing in your rating players that are more optimal. You're less likely to get uh, Chris Conley in lineups. You're less likely to get Jordan Mason or Elijah Mitchell in lineups because they're, they're, they're optimal so little, right? <laughs> Upside weight is easy, right? We talk about the ceiling, right? right? That's very similar to projection, ceiling, and then correlation of how correlated the players are to each other. So in a high-scoring game, maybe, right? In a high-scoring game, maybe you want high simulation. You want high, high ownership weights, right? High-scoring game. You know, you want you want a lot of correlation, maybe a lot of projection, right? Maybe you don't need the optimal rates as much, medium. I mean, whatever. Whatever you want to do. But high-scoring games, you should focus a lot more on correlation and projection, right? In addition to what the games are simulated, most of the default settings default to, right, the types of, you know, what you should kind of be doing for uh, for higher-scoring games. But for lower-scoring games, like yesterday, I'm like, I don't want any – I'm literally – I literally took off projection and correlation, and upside weight. I mean, I kind of built all my lineups based on give me all this, all the simulated outcomes, right? With optimal, optimal players in it. Like, just yeah. give me all of that. I don't even care what the projection is. Now, I built like a hundred of them, and then I selected my forty. Right, I went through and said, I don't want to play that. I don't want to play this. You know, you could do that in Sim Labs. But this is the macro. Thinking and you don't have to make the weight zero if you don't want to. I mean, you could do whatever you hell you want here. And the lineups that I'm getting for this may be similar to some of the lineups that you know, if I do it this way, you know, just the equal kind of like simulation 53 projection, kind of the defaults, you may get similar. You, there may be a lineup in that matches similar situations as as well. Yeah. So it's not a like what are the correct set? Never come to this with what are the correct settings. If you come to Sim Labs and you literally mash on the keyboard and say, I want 20 lineups, the 20 lineups that you're getting are going to be, from an EV perspective, theoretically, similar to my lineups. And if you bash your head against the keyboard multiple times, the 20, they just rely on different outcomes. And if you want to put in your take, right, you go into settings and say, I don't want to play any... I, I want to play all the Travis Kelsey because of Taylor Swift. Okay. Yeah. It'll show you the 20 line. It, it'll just show you Travis Kelsey lineups, but all the lineups it's going to show you are not, are not bad. 
right? They're all going to be good to some extent. They're just going to rely on different outcomes. So you could expand this types of thinking to other sports. Like we have NBA, right? We have MLB. MLB is the easiest one. When MLB Sim Labs is, is available, we're going to have these, you know, on a large slate, James, on a large slate, you probably want to play more correlated lineups, right? Yeah. On a small slate, you may actually be more inclined to play less correlated lineups, right? We talk, we talk about this, right? There's 13 games on a slate. The likelihood of one team putting up eight plus runs, well, there's 26 shots of it as opposed to a three-game slate where there's only six shots of it, right? Right. And then you have like slates where it's seven games and it's all pitchers duels. And maybe you look at that and go, well, maybe, maybe no team puts up eight plus runs. Well, if no team puts up eight plus runs, it's quite possible that there's no five man stack that gets there. So maybe if you, if you were using something like sim labs, you'd go, well, now I want a little less correlation, right? I want a li- little more of this. I want a little more of that, those types of things. So thinking in those terms that, that's why we try to teach macro-based strategies. Macro strategy. How to think about DFS as right. mathematically. Yeah, and and for what it's worth, um, I've I've also used Simlabs quite a bit, um, just playing around with it. But really, I really like the concept of being able to control the things like leverage and ownership and stuff like that. Um, but the way that I look at it, you you kind of described it earlier as to lineups have already been built so what is sim labs actually doing what, what it's doing is it's kind of doing the second part of the the what i call the intuitive part of it of saying well if i'm thinking about a game that is going to go this situation or that situation then how would i like to approach that game i think that sim labs does best in terms of showdown and i think that it does best in terms of uh smaller slates because you can really <clears throat> you can really zero in kind of on how you would like to approach certain things like that. And and that's that's how I have been building showdown lineups for years now, right? Is is looking at the game and not necessarily looking at the projections, but looking at how to build a lineup that makes sense in terms of the game outcomes that I think are likely. So Simulabs does a really, really good job. Of. And then it also depends on the contest that you're playing. Because <laughs> there's going to be a much different, if you're playing, you know, small field, single entry, like that's why we have these options of like, mm-hmm. you're playing sp- Single entry, I mean, single entry in a 100,000-person field is still a large field contest. Yeah. I prefer if this was called, like, small, medium, large, rather than single entry, small field, large. But for what that's it's what it means, single entry. Yeah. For what it's worth, after building out a, a contest sim product myself, like, it's it's so hard to figure out what options to put for contest field. Um, it's... Because there is such a wide range of contests that you can sim for. And it's just like, what kind of actual control do you want to be giving? And because trying to simulate a a 100,000 person contest, it's like, you can certainly do that if you'd like. You can take the time to put that together. But that sim is going to run for a while. So let's just say large field instead and try to run it on that. With with some uh, with some generalized statements, so it's that that part's hard, and I I sympathize with the people who built this, right? But essentially, like if same types of things apply, of like if you're playing 
a small single, if you were going to play a small single entry, 100-man contest, like, do you have to play Blake Bell in your lineup? Right. No. I mean, how unique do you really have to get? So, depending on what the contest and what result, like, results range means how many how many line, lineups are we willing to consider? Now, if you consider 85% of the possible lineups, you may get lineups towards the bottom that actually are not very good at all. If you do results range 15%, you're going to be very condensed on the very best of the lineups, but your diversity is going to go down. I mean, you built 20 lineups based on a very low results range. You may end up with a lot of 1v1s, which you may be fine with. I mean, that that's up to you, right? So that's what this that's what this tool is for. There's no correct setting, but just beat in your head, put a little notepad, little little note, uh, post-it note if you're gonna use this. There are no correct settings, right? You can you can put in it's like, oh, I'm gonna play a hundred man contest, I'm gonna put in a large field contest, high result range, and uh and all the correlation and whatever like that. It's not gonna give it's not gonna give you the the best lineup for that type of contest, but it's not gonna give you a bad lineup. Right, it's just that maybe if you're playing a hundred man field, uh, maybe you should prioritize projection a little bit more than than ceiling, right? But it doesn't mean that you can't just oh, but it's gonna I'm gonna go hundred percent ceiling and that lineup is like bad. It's like it's not it's not the best for that type of lineup, but it's not a bad lineup. Sim Labs does not build bad lineups, especially in the very low results range, right? The top 15% of lineups, no matter what you put in, is going to be a competitive lineup. We could argue on which ones are slightly more EV than others, right? We could obviously argue on, well, this guy comes in more on than that guy, then that lineup may be a little bit less. Like, you could argue those on on the margins. But for the most part, when you use Simlabs, you're going to get good lineups. Just a matter of what we say on the show all the time. On a on a twelve game NFL slate, there may be like a hundred thousand good lineups. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when it comes you, to I I want to play three. Well, you can play and feel free to just randomly pick three out of a hundred thousand, and you're and you probably be fine from a mathematical perspective. But if for ever whatever reason you're like, well, I want to play this. Okay, as long as it's as long as those three are within the subset of those hundred thousand, you're good, right? You're fine, right? That's kind of what Sim Labs is. It's like we've already come up with all the lineups, right? It's just a matter of how do you want to choose which ones do you, which one fifty do you want to play, which twenty do you want to play, which five do you want to play? Do you want do you want it as diverse as possible? Do you want it as narrow as possible? Do you want to have certain players that like we have this jar of marbles, right? They're all you know we have uh, you know twelve billion possible lineups. That are green marbles, and then the red marbles are the, the hundred thousand that are actually good. You put your hand in, like you want to grab the red marbles, but they all—they're it's all different outcomes and all different types of things. But we've already taken out all those red marbles and said, "Hey, which ones do you want?" That's what Simlabs is. I I do think that I, as a caveat to when to using simulation tools and and to reinforce the point of. The lineups that it is serving you are good, but it does not necessarily mean that you will have the same lineups that Jordan built, the same right. lineups that TJ built, 
or the same lineups that Dean built or any any Squirrel Patrol I did. Like, you are not guaranteed to get the same lineups. It is very different than an optimizer from that perspective. And that is something that I think needs to be very clear with this kind of stuff and be very forward because it is very easy for customers and subscribers to feel slighted if they're like, well, I used it and I used the top 20 and I didn't have the same, like the settings matter. You're still getting good lineups. Just be clear that the lineups that you create, this is not an optimizer. This is not an optimizer. It is not going to give you the exact same set. There is no clear and concise way to put together the settings that are going to give you the exact same set of lineups that other people are going to it give may you. get it'll give it may give you the same exact expected value yes of lineups right that's what i mean that's what i mean if you you put in one lineup right you put in like one or whatever like that and you run whatever the hell you want and then you get that lineup and that lineup could be a, a san francisco blowout lineup mm-hmm. and then you put in one and same set i put in the same settings and get like and a competitive game with two field goal kickers in my lineup. Mathematically, the expected maybe they both have a twelve percent ROI overall. Maybe there's a twelve cent. Ret- it's positive. They rely on completely different outcomes. But if you simulated this out a hundred thousand times, by the end of the hundred thousand, my lineup and your lineup would end up with the same amount of money overall. Right. It's just a matter of what outcome happens today. Well, I don't know, but over the course of all those simulations, these lineups have similar if not very close expected value but they rely on different they rely on different outcomes right, right. they were different distributions of outcomes right this my lineup that with the the blowout lineup may not even cash like 90% of the time but when it wins it wins like first more way more often than yours and in yours catches like three times more often than mine but doesn't win first as often as mine but over the course of the 100,000 simulations it equals about the same amount of money Right. So that's what it's that's the type of stuff that it's spitting out. That's why you'll look through and go, go, oh, I built a hundred lineups to choose 20 from. And uh yeah, it, it's giving me lineups with uh with uh, Kyle Juice Jack, and I don't want any. It's like so feel free to not pick lineups that don't have Kyle Juice. It's not saying that Kyle Juice Jack is doing well, just in those scenarios, in those lineups, Kyle's juice jack ends up being optimal in those scenarios but it's quite possible that you don't see kyle juice check in lineups that you know leave 10k on the table right right it's like because they don't go together but in those specific lineups and for whatever reason you want to choose him don't don't play him but there are there are going to be scenarios where juice check scores two touchdowns and you're like why not like i mean look i mean we had uh you know juan jennings and mccall hardman yeah, the optimal lineup yesterday. So they weren't have a very high chance of being optimal. McCall Hartman was four percent in our in our Sims, mm-hmm. right? He caught a fifty-two yard pass and he caught the, the game-winning touchdown. That's and that's all he needed for that price. And he beat out a whole bunch of he beat out kickers and he beat out defenses, yeah. right? Now, if you had a very low results range and you were playing single entry stuff, you probably would barely ever see. McCall Harbin in any of your lineups. But if for whatever reason you wanted to have a high results range or whatever, maybe you would see more McCall Harbin. And if you're the type of person that's like, hey, no matter what, James, I'm going to play McCall Harbin in the flex. That is hilariously, that is my mom. 
Okay. <laughs> my, my mom loves Michael Hardman. Anytime that he's on the slate, she puts him in a showdown lineup every single time. But let's say that's your only take. Let's say your only take is that I want to make sure to play McCall Hardman. Well, put him in the lock players. You could use Sim Labs. You put up McCall Hardman and let him, and run whatever the hell lineup. So it'll at least show you the McCall Hardman lineups that are good. Right? So you're not building a, a McCall Hardman that isn't that isn't good. Right? You we could we could do that for NBA. I think that's a good thing to do. And our NBA, our sim labs for NBA has not come out for today yet. It doesn't typically till later in the day because NBA, LOL. Right. What's the point this early? Uh, that's what I would suggest how you use NBA because a lot of the, you know, there's not that much correlation in NBA, right? There's not many like, well, these are going to be high scoring slates and those are going to be low scoring slates and this is going to be whatever. I mean, there's not as much of that in there. What I would suggest using Sim Labs for is even if you want to just run 150 lineups just to see, like who shows up more, who does what players show up together more, or you already you already have someone in mind. You're like, I, I'm I'm definitely playing this guy and that guy today. Okay, put them in the lock put put them in lock players section and then run 20 lineups and go. What are the what are the what are the best simulated lineups that I can make with those two players? Right. Or maybe you don't want to play a certain player. Like, ah, I'm going to fade that guy today. Okay, well, exclude that player and just run 20 lineups in Sim Labs and go, what are lineups that do not have this player? Mm-hmm. What do plus EV lineups look like? Because we talk about that all the time in lineup HQ. Of, you kind of have to do that yourself, right? You have to look at it and go, what? Well, if I'm going to play a high-owned player here, that means I have to play a low-owned player there. If I'm going to play a high-salary player in this spot, I have to play a cheap center. Like, yeah, you could do that. You know, you could piece that. With experience, you're used to doing that. But if you want Sims to take care of that for you, that's what that's what this tool is used. We'll, we'll see that for baseball, James, right? Mm-hmm. I want to play the Devomit t- Tiger stack. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, well, what, what are those lineups... What pitchers do I play with those, mm-hmm. right? I want to pay up for the Braves, five-man stack. It's like, okay, what did those types of line? Do they have do they have three one-offs? Do they have a three-man in them? Do they have, like, what do what do those plus EV lineups look like? Mm-hmm. That's a, what Sim Labs could be used for. I mean, we don't have, you know, MLB yet. PGA, you could do the same thing. It's like, oh, I'm going to play, uh, I'm going to play Nick Taylor. It's like, what do Nick Taylor plus EV line? I'm going to play Nick Taylor and Charlie Hoffman and somehow be from the future and know who's <laughs> going to be one and two in the Phoenix Open. But like, what do those lineups look like? I guarantee you, if you played Nick Taylor and Charlie Hoffman in your lineup for this past PGA event, you could have played the four chalkiest golfers in your lineup and been perfectly fine. Oh, yeah. Right. Right. It would have, t- it would have told you that. Right. But you're putting three chalky lineup f- golfers together. Maybe you'll see that. Oh, I. Uh, I can't play that fourth chalky guy. It's not coming up in these, you know, the, the better plus EV lineups. Mm-hmm. It's not only to build lineups. It's also as a, as a research tool. Right. And, and that's actually what I think it's be- it's used best for. I think that most of the simulation tools on the market um, are best used for research and understanding roster construction and understanding where edge lies on players. Like Christian McCaffrey should be this high owned. He's projected to be this high owned. Is there any edge there? Things like that. That's what I think they're used best for. 
and then continuing on with your typical process outside of that and saying, okay, well, now I have the information of how lineups should look. If I want to build for this, I have information on what players are over or undervalued. So I know what players I would like to see more or less of. And then going through a regular process and building towards those kinds of things. Now, obviously, Simlabs can do all of those things for you. But if you'd like to have a little bit more control, if you're somebody who wants to have a little bit more control over the, the micro settings and stuff, and if you're very well-versed in using an optimizer to build out your lineups, simulation tools are a great way to get a base of research to understand how your lineup should look and what players you should be focused on. Anus Comedy asks, uh, do you have any sims for prop betting as well? Does, you, don't need, you don't need sims for prop betting. We have, we have, we have mean projections. We already have, we already make the projections. So, I mean, there's projections are made through Sims as well. So once you, once you have that number, you're, you're, you're fine. You don't, you don't need, you don't need Sim Labs for that. I actually have simulation tools for prop betting over a pater. If you'd like those, um, just saying you can simulate out certain outcomes and stuff like that. Right. But you have to check it's that those types of tools are more for, oh, I think this is going to happen during the game. What do the numbers look like if this happens? Right. Yeah, you can Rather do stuff than... like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. You you can so like the the way that I set it up is where you can put in that there's two different ones, um, but the the main one if we're talking about just like simulating things out, um, you put in what the line you put in the player, you put in the the prop that you're considering, and then you put in the line of the prop. So you can do it with with alts. I know that a lot of people do it with alt lines. Like you can say how often does uh you know Luka Doncic score 45 instead of. 35 or whatever like that and then you can simulate right. out that kind of stuff um right. it's it's best for alt lines it's not as good for like median lines because we like like jordan said we already we have the we already have the that that's what that's that's the the normal output are the 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 mean lines and if you use the the bat or the blitz like if you use Derek cardi's the bat he has percentile projections so like you yeah. could use those for alts you don't need that's what I mean by like, you don't need to simulate. You don't need to simulate props when the you would need to simulate props if you didn't have projections. You would have to put in like what's his target share and what's his what's the score of the game and what like then then run out the game simulations and then come up with you know the distribution of outcomes for that player and where the mean and the median and the mode are. Like we do that. That's that's what DFS projections are already. Right. So you don't need to you don't need to take you don't need to simulate a projection of a projection like you're doing that twice for no reason. Yeah, I, I would say, that, again, the only reason why I think that you should do it is for things like alts um, or if or if you are looking at a line that is different from the line that you see. But most places now have a whole bunch of different book lines that you can right. see. But you're not simulating for the alts. It's just that you're displaying that the thing is, is that you're not simulating anything. Is that on the on our our, our roto grinders projections, it doesn't show you what the 75th percentile is or mm -hmm. the 80th percentile. We have that. We've already simulated it. We don't need to simulate it again. It's just that maybe maybe we should display those numbers. Cardi displays those numbers, so right. that's what you would use. Tyreek. That's why, especially for the guys that have like outlier types of distributions where, you know, Tyree kills alt over 95 yards is actually priced better than his mean, you know, right. 84 and a half. And you're getting actually a better price on that because the books didn't, you know, have a normal distribution 
well, we have a much more lopsided distribution. Right. Right. It's 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 not that you need to simulate that. It's just that we currently don't just don't display that information in the screen. I mean, in the in the in the prop screens that we have here at Rotogrind. Yeah. So what are you mask. working on? The football's over. We got baseball in seven weeks. We got the NBA All-Star break. What are you working on on uh, on pay dirt? Man, big thing is uh, MLB season long right now. So building out, it's kind of going to be the first year that I offer season long projections all the way through the year um, and rankings, stuff like that. So building that out right now and then um, getting some things set up. I need to finish the, the contest sim stuff for baseball, but for the most part, baseball is already built out. Um, I don't think I'm going to offer any or too many new things. I'll add in game logs, but just getting ready for baseball. Um, and then obviously we still have NBA and NHL and esports going on. So um, all that stuff. Oh, 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 actually, another cool thing. The Madden model is back, Jordan. Oh, wow. Th those yeah. contests still exist? They still every day. Every day, Jordan. So I'll have that back up this week. You go to paydirtdfs.com for that. You can go get our 15-hour audio DFS masterclass as well as the advanced player's guide with our custom Excel tools at theoryofdfs.com. I mean, I use all of this. I use the Excel tools that James has, has built. I use SimLabs. I use Lineup HQ. I use, I mean, everything I show on this show, I use. So mm -hmm. if you want to use the same thing, if you want to learn the theory of daily fantasy sports, so that'll help you. And so you're not, you're not, you, you use Sim Labs and understand how this all works, right? And the more that you understand how this all works, the more you're able to attack any game, right? We got these pick six contests on DraftKings now, not available in my state, but anytime a new game, anytime a new format, all these concepts still apply. So it, the more and more you drill into your brain, the mathematical concepts, the game theory of DFS, the more you're able to attack essentially anything, any sport, any format, any any peer-to-peer -peer game, any non-peer-to-peer -peer game, even sports betting, all of it. You're able to attack it all. So learn about that at theoryofdfs.com. Hit that thumbs up button on your way out the door. The likey likes. I love the likey likes. Hit the subscribe button. We got uh, NBA later today. We got a, a small NHL slate. Uh, tomorrow we'll be talking with uh, Tim. Should be back tomorrow for uh, for NHL. Talking about the slate. Then uh, hit the notification bell. You'll always know when we go live. We got the NBA break, All Star break coming up, so just be aware that next week, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, not Wednesday, there'll be no shows. I'll be here Friday. There's no NBA on Friday, but we still got a, a UFC pay per view card. So we'll be talking to MMA on Friday. Uh, I guess I guess the schedule this week is. Uh, NHL tomorrow mostly, then NBA on Wednesday mostly. Thursday is grab bag, I guess. Friday we'll talk about MMA, maybe some soccer, who knows. That's what I mean. I'll talk about whatever you want to talk about. Because that's why I'm here Monday through Friday, 11 o'clock Eastern, talking about all things you're thinking about in Daily Fantasy, props and pick them on Roto Grinders today. <laughs>